Recapping Rhodey's last game against number 7 Maryland, their upcoming games against Alabama and Nichols at home, the previous week's major college basketball game throughout the Power 5 and, of course, the A-10, and what next week has in store for us in those same regards. All here, all for you, on Ballin' with B-Show. And welcome to episode four of season two of Ballin' with B-Show. As always, I'm your host, Gavin B-Show. We have a lot to get into, so let's get right into it. Rhodey had their lone game of the week this past week against number seven, Maryland, on the road. It seemed as in the first half they were faring pretty well on offense, but the second half, the wheels, especially on the offensive side, fell off in Rhode Island's 73-55 defeat against the Maryland Terrapins. Rhodey actually led in this game by 12, 24-12, around 10 minutes in. They were causing a lot of turnovers. Maryland was making a lot of mistakes, and they were capitalizing on offense. But once Maryland turned to the 1-3-1 late first half, they took a 35-33 lead at halftime, and they just blew Rhodey out of the doors with that 1-3-1 defense that Rhodey just couldn't seem to stop. The game kind of stayed in their grasp, I would say for a couple minutes in the second half. Well, around like 12 minutes left. I think it was around a six, eight-point game. But then they just blew the doors off, as I said before, and they ended up winning by 18 against the Rhode Island Rams. We had Jeff Doughton finish with 14 points. Cyril Langevine, 6 points, 17 rebounds. Jermaine Harris had a good game, 10 points and 5 boards, and Tyrese Martin had 9 points and 5 boards as well. On the other side, Jalen Smith led the charge for the Terrapins with 19 points, 11 rebounds. Anthony Cowan Jr. with 14. Eric Ayala added 13 off the bench, and Aaron Wiggins with 13 for himself. Rhodey shot 30% from the field, going 20 for 67, but Maryland shot 44% from the field, going 25 for 56. Rhode Island shot 7 for 23 from the three, around 30%. And Maryland shot 31.6% from the three-point range, going 6-for-19. Rory didn't miss half their free throws, going 8-for-16, while Maryland only missed 7, going 17-for-24, a 70% mark. Rory turned the ball over 18 times, and Maryland turned the ball over only 17 times. If at the beginning of the game you said Rhode Island would have less turnovers, no, check that, more turnovers, the Maryland, I would say you're definitely wrong after watching that first part of the game. Rhode Island had like seven, four to seven turnovers, I think, while Maryland turned the ball over 12 times or 14 times in the first half, 12 times in the first 10 minutes. It was an ugly scene at College Park. And Rhode Island, they had control. They were getting buckets. Cyril was getting a couple layups, a couple and ones, a couple threes, really gaining their momentum. But I think in that stretch, Maryland just really put it on. They answered almost every one of URI's momentum uh, needing shots and ones or threes. And they responded, and I think Rhodey couldn't keep up with themselves, really. And Maryland just kept going at a great pace, and they just took advantage of that 1-3-1 defense, turning defense into offense as well. But what can you expect? They're number 17, their number 7 team in the nation. And they're just a solid basketball team. Well, not solid. Very good basketball team as number seven. 
and they've got a great defense, and Mark Turgeon really has a squad down there in Maryland that can do some damage, not just in the Big Ten, but across the NCAA when March Madness comes. So I think since they're number seven, it's not a big game to look at. I mean, they they played pretty well. They fared, you know, decent, I would say. But let's move on as it's it's game really – it's a good loss, I would say, for Rhodey, even though they lost by 18. They really stuck in there as long as possible, even with that lead in the first half. So let's move right on to Rhodey's next game tomorrow night, Friday the 15th, against Alabama – at home, as I talked before, I think last episode, Alabama did lose their first game, 81 to 80 to Penn, but they bounced back with a 78-59 victory against FAU. So for Alabama, Nate Oates is first-year coach coming from Buffalo, one and one on the year. Alabama is led by sophomore Kira Lewis Jr. Guard, 20, he's averaging 23 points and 7 rebounds. Jaden Shackleford, a freshman, he has start one game and sat another, averaging 16.5 points a game. Forward Javion Davis, averaging 10.5 points a game, a redshirt freshman, as well as 5.5 rebounds a game. This year, Alabama has been somewhat efficient on the offensive side with a field goal percentage of 39%. They're only around 30% in the three-point range area. They make 72% of their free throws and average 17 turnovers a game. Rhode Island, on the other hand, shoots only 34% from the field, but a better 32.7% from the three-point range. They do struggle on the free throw side. Shocker, going 63% for the first two games and averaging 14 turnovers a game. I think that's going to be a big part in Rhode Island's game against Alabama is creating turnovers and making easy buckets as they're showing that the field goal percentage is pretty low compared to the teams they play in the upcoming uh, non-conference schedule. They got to create turnovers, they got to play great defense, and they got to swarm to the ball and make fast break points, hit threes, and be electric, especially at the Ryan Center in the next two games against another formidable opponent. Nichols will get into there in a in a moment, but talking about this Alabama game, they really need to shut down Kira Lewis and Jaden Shackleford, the one-two punch for the Crimson Tide, as well as Javion Davis with 5.5 rebounds a game. He can be a force inside. If you were going to win this game, they got to use their size, obviously, with Cyril Angevine. He's averaging 16 rebounds a game and 11 points. He's just being an absolute beast. Jeff Down, 13.5 points a game. In fact, 11.5 points a game and 5.5 assists leading Rhodey in that way. I really just, I don't know. I feel like if Cyril can have another 15-rebound game and you or I can create, I don't know, 20 turnovers, they should win this game handedly by at least 5, 10 points, which is handedly in this way as Alabama is a very strong team. Now we're going to move on to URI's next game, home game on Tuesday at 7 o'clock, the 19th, against Nichols. Now people are looking down, well, I assume people are looking down, at Nichols as a team that you or I should sweep by and not even worry about. But I think otherwise. This team has had some close games and a good win. They lost Their first game they lost to Illinois, 78-70 in overtime, a team that was put in John Rothstein's top 45. Pitt, they won against Pitt, 75-70, after Pitt got that monumental win against FSU. And they recently have beaten Paul Quinn. I don't even know what that means. 81-66 to won't. Obviously, know what that means, but it's a college that's very low in the ranks. And they play LSU on the 16th Saturday, so nothing 
better to do on Saturday. Watch that game. You can get a um, scout on LSU as they are opponent URI faces later in the year and Nichols, who they face on Tuesday. Austin Clonch is the coach, second year for Nichols. Last year he had a 14-17 and 17 record for them. And as a team, Nichols has been shooting 41.2% from the field, a very solid 37% from three. They make 80% of their free throws and they only commit 15.3 turnovers a game. Of course, this team is led by a veteran squad in Dexter McClanahan at guard, a senior, 16 points a game. He's averaging Andre Jones, a junior guard, averaging 13 points a game. Elvis Harvey Jr., a senior, averaging 11.3 points a game. He's a forward. And Warth Altish, he is a forward, a sophomore. He's averaging eight boards a game. So, again, if you or I can get physical and play great three-point defense, they should have a fun time against Nichols. I think Rhode Island can run it up against them. I think this game that will be either really close or a game where you or I can run away or even Nichols can run away as they have shown to be a very good three-point team. If you or I can stop that three-point um, attack from Nichols, I really think that they have a solid chance and obviously not foul. Uh, that's been an issue over the past uh, year, including this one, is that they, they commit a lot of fouls. And that's going to put a team like Nichols, who's shooting 80% from the free throw, easy points for them. They're going to make those buckets. They're going to get easy points. It's the last thing you want to do against an opponent like Nichols. Give them easy points on the free throw line and wide open threes. So if they can play tight uh, three-point defense, good defense, if they can score on offense, unlike the Maryland game in the second half, which was atrocious, they shot, I think, 18% in that Maryland game in the second half or something like around that area. If you or I can just play good three-point defense, preaching it because it's something that really needs to happen. If they can make a couple threes on their own, shoot around 30 35% from three, make their free throws, and make field goals, I think you or I can um, blow out nickels. But it's one of those games where you got to attack the basics, the basic three-point defense. Make shots and making free throws, getting open shots, finding the open man. So it's just the little things right now for the Rams that are causing them trouble. So if they can do all that against Nichols, I think they'll be fine against them. I can see, you know, Fats having a big game, maybe Jeff having a breakout game against Nichols. So yeah, that is Rody's recap of Maryland and their next two games. So we're going to talk about the A-10 scores. When we get into A-10 play, we'll talk about the standings when they play each other and the Power 5 standings, but really nothing has happened except in the ACC where one or two games have been played, so I'm not going to go over that until conference play for the A-10 starts. We're going to start on Friday the 8th. Last Friday, we had the headliner game of Auburn-Davidson where Auburn defeated Davidson by 10, 76-66. And Free McLemon, 12 points, 5 boards, led Auburn. And Carter Collins with 18 points led Davidson. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Davidson later. North Texas almost upsets VCU at the Riley Center. Not the Riley, the Siegel Center. My bad. 59-56. Durante Jenkins with 12 points, 5 boards. C.J. Draper leads North Texas with 12 points and 3 
boards. Richmond defeated St. Francis, Pennsylvania by two points in overtime, 198. Jacob Gilliard with 24 points. I think Keo had 27 or 28 points. And then Keith Braxton had 20 points and 11 rebounds for St. Francis. Vermont defeated St. Bonaventure by two, 61-59. That moved St. Bonaventure to 0-2. They'd end up losing their next game to Siena to go 0-3. Anthony Lamb led the Catamounts with 15 points and 10 boards. George Beeson defeated Longwood by 11, 76-65. Jamal Hartwell the second with 19 points, 4 boards, and 2 assists for the GMU Patriots. On Saturday the 9th, Rhode Island, of course, lost to Maryland by 18. Tyrese Martin had 9 points and 5 boards. Uh, it was a pretty good game. He kind of fizzled out after the first couple minutes. UMass defeated Fairfield in a heart not heartbreaker in a barn burner, 62-60. They moved to 2-0 on the year. Iona takes the loss to LaSalle. LaSalle wins 70 to 64. David Beatty is a top performer at 15 points and eight boards. George Washington defeated Howard by 14, 76-62. Arnaldo Toro with 22 points and 18 boards for the Colonels. Or Colonials. I really don't know. I've really been messing that one up the last couple of years. St. Louis with an impressive home win against Valparaiso by 11 points, 81-70. Jordan Goodwin with 22 points, 9 boards, and 6 assists. An all-around effort for Goodwin and the Billikens. On Sunday the 10th, Saint, the lone game, St. Joe's lost to Old Dominion by 13, 82-69. Lorenzo Edwards was the top performer for St. Joe's with 23 points and 14 boards. On Tuesday, the, the 12th, Duquesne defeated Lamar, 66-56. Michael Hughes, top performer for Duquesne with 17 points and 10 boards. Sienna, as I mentioned before, defeated St. Bonaventure by 13, moving St. Bonaventure to 0-3. Dominic Welsh led St. Bonaventure with 21 points and 7 boards. Moving on, shocker, Davidson loses to Charlotte. I mean, come on. Charlotte, that's just not good stuff right there. By 13, 71, 58 at home. Not good look for Davidson. Not at all losing to Charlotte after a loss at Auburn, which many thought they would, they could pull out and win. Kellen Grady led Davidson with 20 points, with three boards, and three assists. American, as I mentioned before, American versus George Washington, a, a game that kind of like the Suck Bowl, but American pulls away with the victory, 65, 65. 67. They win by two after a Saheed Nelson fadeaway jump shot at the buzzer. He had 20 points as long as Stacey Beckton, who had 13 points and seven rebounds for the American Eagles. And Arnaldo Toro with 20 points and 24 rebounds for George Washington. Insane amount. And then UMass surprising everyone in defeating Northeastern by nine, 80 to 71. Sean East the second had 17 points and seven assists. Bold embrace 20 points and 12 assists, uh, 12 rebounds and five assists for Northeastern. And we're going to yesterday, the 13th Wednesday. VCU defeats number 23 LSU 84-82 at the Siegel Center. Marco Santos Silva have a day, 17 points, 11 boards. Skylar Mays obviously went off for LSU with 23 points and eight boards. Wasn't enough as VCU shot down LSU's efforts in a win at the Seagull Center. And St. Joe's upset Dan Hurley and the UConn Huskies. 
96 to 87. John Daly, 30 points and 8 rebounds for the Hawks. And Christian Vitel had 26 points and 16 boards for the UConn Huskies. Fordham, they're 2 0. Say it ain't so. They're an NCAA tournament team. Just kidding. They won by three against Fairly Dickinson, 53 to 50 in a low scoring affair. Antoine Portley led Fordham with nine points, ten boards, and four assists, doing it all for the Rams in Fordham. Caleb Bishop had 15 points and seven boards for Fairly Dickinson. George Mason defeated LIU, who I recently played, by six. Jordan Miller led the George Mason with 25 points and five boards. Uh, Tyron Flowers had 13 points and 14 boards in an amazing effort and tried to beat George Mason Patriots. Their efforts came up short, although Penn defeated LaSalle after Penn lost by 17 to Rice. I don't get it. They beat Alabama on the road by one, and they lose to Rice by 17, but they beat LaSalle by 16 points. A.J. Broger with 20 points and 13 boards for the Penn Quakers. St. Louis with a crushing defeat over Eastern Washington by 22. Hassan French have a day. 19.6 port three assists. Love saying that. Have a day. And tonight, we actually have a game that went on earlier in overtime. Richmond moves to 2-0 over Vanderbilt, an SEC team. 93-92. Aaron Nesmith, 34.7 boards for Vanderbilt, while Jacob Gilliard had 26 of his own. And that will be the A- 10 recap. We have a couple A10 games that are intriguing, I would say. Not a lot not as much as last week. We had a lot of games that were um pretty competitive and very good. We have a slew of games, especially the round games. That's Nichols and Bama. Those are both on the A10 watches. Solid games. On Saturday, UNC Wilmington travels to Owen 2 Davidson. See if they can pick up their losing woes against a solid UNC Wilmington team. And then number 12, Seton Hall, who's playing tonight against Michigan State, travels to St. Louis on Sunday, a game that is highly anticipated, especially, I would say, for me, myself, because I'm I'm excited to see how St. Louis fares against a team like Seton Hall, especially with a solid group in St. Louis stirring. It'll be exciting to see. And on Tuesday night, Davidson hosts Nevada, a solid Mountain West team. Of course, not as good as last year. They lost a lot of players to the NBA, and that went undrafted. So that's going to hurt Nevada's chances at getting to the NCAA tournament. But nonetheless, a very good game and a good chance to get a high resume win at a home against Nevada for Davidson. Um, so, yeah, that's the A-10 lookout and the A-10 Really, the scores without the standings. And last week, I had a slew of Power 5 games that were all very competitive. And if you even watched, if you got to watch even a few of these games, you were in for a treat. We started on Friday night with Washington and Baylor. Washington ended up taking the victory 67 to 64. Of course, Auburn defeated Davidson 76 to 60. Six on Saturday, Texas defeated Purdue on the road, 70-66. to OU in Oklahoma defeated Minnesota on the road, 71-62. to Illinois was crushed by Arizona, 90-69. to And 
that's the Saturday slate where the any Sunday. Oh, on Friday night, Arizona State lost a solid Colorado team, eighty-one to seventy-one. And I think that was it for Saturday and fr the Friday and Saturday of the weekend. On Tuesday, Xavier pulled out a close victory against Missouri, sixty-three to fifty-eight. Oregon defeated James Wiseman, who should be ineligible and isn't ineligible now by the NCAA. I have no real stand on it. I don't really know the whole situation. But Oregon did win by, hold on, let's check. I, it says eight on my sheet here, but let's make sure. I think, yeah, eight. eight I thought, I was thinking 12 for a second, but. They won 82 to 74 over the Memphis Tigers. Creighton lost to Michigan in the Gavit games, in one of the Gavit games, 79-69. Uh, Minnesota lost to Butler, 64 to 56. Ohio State and Villanova looked to be a very good matchup. Ohio State just absolutely crushed them by 25-76-51. Marquette defeated. Purdue, after being down, I think it was 16 points. And they came back at home to win 65-55. to And PC, our dread rivals, lost to Northwestern. Anarchy that they lost, as John John Rossi would say. Northwestern lost to say, uh, to Merrimack. They beat Providence. They beat Providence. Anarchy, just college basketball. It's what it is. He lost 72-63 to in a Northwestern victory in another edition of the Gavin games and in upcoming games for the power five you have a few games that are looking pretty good Florida is having trouble currently with Towson last time I checked it was 52 52 let me see what we got here Florida did pull away 66 to 60 at home would have been kind of a demeaning and defeating uh, that would have been a heart-wrenching loss as they just lost to FSU, and a loss to Towson would definitely drop them out of the top 25, but they remained that way. And then we have an upset, actually, that happened a couple days ago. St. Mary's lost at home to Winthrop by three, so that's going to add just to them. That's going to adjust them in the AP poll next week. Currently, Michigan State is leading Seton Hall 30-27 to with a minute left in the first half. And the Gavit tip-off games, another edition of those. Miles Powell is playing for the Seton Hall Pirates. He has 13 points and 13 boards. Gabe Brown leads Michigan State with 7 points and 2 rebounds. And games for Friday night, tomorrow night, you have Texas A&M hosting number 8 Gonzaga. Solid matchup. As well as a backyard brawl as West Virginia travels to the Oakland Zoo, a team that West Virginia, that URI plays, later in the non-conference slate and a team that Pitt lost to Nichols who you were right place on Tuesday so kind of connections there we can kind of make connections everywhere who lost to win and win lost to who and how it connects the teams but I thought it was kind of interesting backyard brawl on Friday night and on Saturday you have Tennessee hosting number 20 Washington and on Sunday Florida struggling who has been struggling as of late Travels to UConn, a team that lost to St. Joe's in a shocking way. I was watching that game just for the pure fun of watching Dan Hurley's antics. Elite coach, and his antics are nonetheless the best in college basketball. If you don't agree with me, 
then I don't know what to say. Wisconsin hosts Marquette, another marquee matchup as a Marquette team that just beat Purdue at home, who has also been not really struggling lately, but just losing close games to solid teams. Travels to Madison, Wisconsin to play the Badgers, who is shown to be tough and gritty in the Big Ten. TCU will host Air Force on Monday, two teams that have winning records, but I think Air Force pulled that one out as TCU really isn't that much of a threat this year. They've won a couple games against a couple bad teams or weak teams, I would say. So, yeah. And then on Wednesday, Georgia plays Georgia Tech in a rivalry at Georgia. So, whatever you want to say there. And looking at my schedule, that is all we have for you today. We went over everything from Rise Maryland game their games against Nichols and Alabama. Big game for for both teams, Bama and Rhodey, on Friday, as well as both teams, Nichols and Rhodey, on Tuesday. I don't know if I'm hyping this Nichols team up too much, but I, I think you better be more prepared than not against a team like Nichols, a scary team. Kind of reminds me of an Iona or a Charleston from a couple years ago when you were, I played them in the non-conference slate. We went over 8-10 games that were intriguing and fun to watch and very exciting over the past week and some of those games you can watch for the upcoming week and of course the Power 5 games that if you missed I got all the scores for you and all the rundowns as well as this week's upcoming Power 5 games not as much as last week last week was just an amazing slate of games and if you missed it you missed out on just action just straight up fuel nightmare fuel basically so yeah, that's going to do it all for this episode. Rody's game on NBC Sports Network is tomorrow night at 7.30 at the Ryan Center against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I got a feeling Alabama is going to have a picnic after that one. Hopefully for URI win. And then Ryan hosts Nichols at 7 o'clock at the Ryan Center on the 19th, Tuesday of November. That's going to be it for me today. Remember, stay tuned for next Thursday's episode of Ball with B-Show where we look over Rhode Island's upcoming Montego Bay Classic where they can play three to possibly even four games in a week span. I'm excited. I hope you are too. We have all the content you need on Ball with B-Show, so stay tuned. As always, Rody, Rody, Rody.